0: Summer. Buried in the past, but helping to determine the future on immunities. Did you wish to speak with, to me? To speak
1: with me? I had not planned had not to communicate plan with, you with, you with you up here. I sent my assistant, sent Mr. Mr. Eisenhart, to, to your office negotiate to negotiate in my, place. in my place.
2: Here's your cottage. The best part is it's all free. Consider it a thank you from the Overlook for being here.
1: Danny?
3: Think well of me. I will, I will see, see you, you soon. soon.
2: She She's is breathing. breathing. What? She's She's breathing. breathing. Tilly. 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 She's breathing. Tilly. Tilly. Come on, Cannon. Tilly. Tilly.
3: What? Uh, Huh? Nicole?
2: Welcome back, girl. You're in deep shit.
0: Welcome back to Immunities and our last episode for Season 5. As a reminder, this season was written by me, Jacqueline Brick, and I suffer from CPTSD and other traumatic disorders. This episode covers gaslighting, violence, emotional confrontations, war, and mentions of family estrangement, abuse, and ableism. Listener discretion is advised.
1: So you let a looker into your house in the overlook.
3: I didn't know she was a looker initially
1: and then when you did you just kept letting her in yes in an overlook on the outskirts jesus christ matilda it's not like i took her into town someone could have come to visit pay a social call like a neighbor what and they could have caught the look the hell were you thinking matilda Don't you care about your responsibilities? About the lives of people in this Overlook? Of course I do. I sent you to an Overlook that I thought would accept you, and this is how you say thank you.
3: Thanks for the charity, Uncle Jeff. I really appreciate
1: it. It ain't charity. It's family. It's resistance. I expect you to play your role in this movement. I never
3: asked to be part of the Resistance.
1: We are all the Resistance.
3: Just like we're all a big, happy family, and we're lucky to have each other over for holidays, right?
2: Polred's just barely hanging on. They're bringing him out now.
3: He's still alive?
2: Yeah. He called the council at the right time. They'll take him to one of the clinics and decide what to do with him from there.
1: Not be for the best if they just let him die.
2: That's not our call to make.
1: You're right. He's 09's problem now. They've been adamant about that ever since we got here. Doesn't mean I don't have an opinion.
2: You always have an opinion. I should let our driver know we're ready to go.
1: You do that. You're leaving? Yeah. We're going back to my office. So are you.
3: No, I'm not.
1: Yes, you are. You've proved to me that I can't trust you and you haven't grown up since we last talked. So now, we have to figure out what to do with you.
3: You just said Derek was O Nine's problem. I should be O Nine's problem.
1: You should, and the council thinks so too. They would love to lock you up somewhere. But you're my niece, and they're having a busy night, so now you're my problem. But- I tell you what, Matilda, do you want me to arrest you instead? Because I can do that, and you'll go back either way. I am not leaving you here. No. What's that?
3: No, I don't want to be arrested. Good.
2: She'll be ready in T-minus five.
1: Good. Hopefully the return trip will be less frantic. (sighs) Get her ready to go, will ya?
2: You should know, Major Craig was furious on the way down. Kept saying he'd kill any looker who laid a hand on you. Oh. I guess he's taking you back for safekeeping. Yeah, I know he can be a huge dick, but he cares.
3: About the resistance?
2: Sure, but also about you. Sure. Any stuff you want to grab? I don't know how long you're going to be gone. No. You should get a change of clothes, at least. Okay. Hey, Tilly. You okay?
3: Yeah, fine. Just tired.
2: You want to talk about it?
3: (laughs) What is there to talk about?
2: I don't know. The looker who was in your house? The dying man in your kitchen? The fact that seeing your uncle seems to upset you more than literally anything else going on?
3: No, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to go get some stuff from the house. Tilly? No. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to sleep until we get wherever you're taking me, and then I want a shower, and then I want out of the resistance. I don't want people telling me I have responsibilities I didn't ask for. I don't want my asshole uncle threatening to arrest me. I don't want you poking around in my feelings. I don't want people constantly telling me what to do. I just want it all to stop. Fucking stop. Tilly!
0: Immunities. Episode
2: 5.3. Miss Cooper. Agent. You certainly have a talent for publicity.
3: I am not sure what you mean.
2: When the General Will calls on us to keep watch for a serial killer... That does not mean terminate the serial killer yourself. Finding Derek Holroyd was quite an accomplishment, but you then turned an advantageous situation into an unpredictable one.
3: I did what I had to do. Hmm... May I take off my blindfold? You may not. Hmm... Are you going to take me somewhere where I can take off my blindfold?
2: Take my hand, Miss Cooper. Mind your step.
3: That is not an answer, Agent.
2: You are very observant. Reach for my hand; it is right in front of yours.
3: Very well.
1: She asleep? What? Matilda is she asleep?
2: Looks like poor thing. Yeah, poor thing. She's gone through a lot, Major Craig.
1: Sure, and I won't hear anything from her except that for the next couple of weeks.
2: There's one thing I don't get. When I talked about me and Dominic, you said that family was important. Especially now. But you never once mentioned Cannon. Tilly, that is. So what's your deal? Excuse me? Sorry. What I meant to say is, what is your deal, sir? Sir.
1: If you're going to sass me on the topic of my niece, Nikki, you can take a nap, too. You don't know Matilda like I do. The girl has more bats in her brain than any respectable church belfry. What? Saying she's crazy. She's always been crazy. I don't think there's anything that can be done to fix her crazy.
2: I don't think that's fair.
1: Well, maybe it's not, but neither was the look, and now we're here.
2: Tilly's not a looker, sir
1: better off.
2: That's even less fair.
1: Is this going somewhere, or are you just venting?
2: I just... I don't think it's fair, is all. Noted. What are you going to do
0: with her?
1: I don't know. Maybe I'll ask Thee to question her. Maybe I'll just have her move back to the O-9 if they promise not to do more than put her under house arrest. Maybe I'll just put her out of her misery
2: major craig
1: it was a joke
2: not funny i was there remember
1: all right not funny sorry but the point is i have to figure out what i'm gonna do with her she's not a normal resistance member nikki and you know that
2: oh believe me sir i know that
3: Eric is dying and Danny tried to kill him. They both knew I was there. Somehow they knew. Someone told them. Someone brought them to me. Could have been anyone. Danny was a looker. Is. She could have reached out to one of a million people who saw where I was going. Passed me on the road. Spoke to someone who spoke to someone who spoke to people who moved me. It's not hard. They're all connected. All connected. They, they all know each other's thoughts and feelings perfectly and can help and support each other. I wish I was a looker. Fuck. I was going to erase that. But then I realized, no. It's the truth. I'm afraid of people judging me for it, but there's no one to read this journal. Not anymore. I can't talk to my therapist without falling asleep, and it's not like there's a mass market for immune therapists. Every immune wants to keep to themselves or become some kind of hero. If I were a looker, this wouldn't have happened. They would have known what was wrong with me. They would have acknowledged it, not pretended like it didn't exist, because they couldn't. I would be in the unity all day, every day, a giant walking wound, and someone would have seen. Someone would have known how to help me, how to protect me. Instead, I'm here. I'm here in this house, somewhere on the outskirts of a looker city, sitting in a bedroom I'm going to be sharing with resistance members who are in and out. At least until they decide what to do with me. I thought Resistance headquarters would be more official, but no. It's just this big house with a three-car garage and a bomb shelter out back. I guess the former owners were preppers or something. Thanks, former owners. And now the Resistance have dug a tunnel from the basement to the shelter and made it into an interrogation room. Nothing sketchy about that. At least the bed I'm sleeping on is nice. I guess it was bought recently, maybe a couple months before the look. Focus on small things, my therapist used to say. Write them down. Five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. Ground yourself. Five things I can see. The floral bedspread, the poster on the wall, I think it's an anime I haven't seen, The moon out the window, the little spider on her web in the corner, the empty bookshelves. I don't know where the books went. Four things I can touch. The pages of this journal, the bedspread, soft and wrinkled, the cool glass of the window, my own hair. I don't think I've brushed it since I got up and found Danny and Derek. It's been hours. Three things I can hear the house settling, people talking downstairs, footsteps. Two things I can smell.
2: Cannon, we need to talk. Room D. Let's go. Coming. So? You want to tell me what happened back there? Not really. Okay, let me try this again. Tell me what happened back there. I'm not asking as your friend.
3: I mean, you saw what happened. Danny stabbed Derek. He might not make it.
2: How did Danny get there?
3: I'm not sure.
2: Did she break into your house or did you let her in? I let her in. You knew she was a looker. And Not at first but you let her in even after you realized. Yes. And knowing that there were overlooked who she could have turned, who were in danger. She's your ex, right? Yes. Were you hoping you could get back together, maybe? Live life together on the outskirts of society, a beta and a looker, peacefully coexisting? Fine. Don't say anything. Remember, I'm on your side here. <sighs> Jordan saw a blindfolded looker with one of the Secret Service men in the cohort visiting Governor Lee. He was shooed away and told not to ask questions. She wasn't handcuffed, but she seemed upset nonetheless. Danny. We think your ex was working with the lookers to get to Derek. Good. No, not good. Because now Overlook 9 has him, and the lookers know it and are going to want to deal with the Overlooked for sheltering him. And the Overlooked want to deal with the Lookers for breaking the truce. Major Craig and I wanted to get to him first, and deal with the fallout from there. We could have controlled it then. That's not my fault. You let Danny in, and you knew Derek. Jim told me about your night at the bar, and you screaming about knowing Derek Holroyd. You didn't think that would be important information for the Resistance? Suit yourself. I'll be back, but you're going to sit here until you say something. Nicole. What?
3: You said once that being part of the Resistance makes me family. That you and Major Craig wanted the best for me. Sure. Did you mean that?
2: <laughs> it's a give and take, Cannon. You were supposed to be one of the people protecting O Nine, 9 Protecting people like us.
3: From what?
2: From... The Lookers. I know you didn't want that responsibility. You made that clear. But literally, all you had to do was push a button. You got a cushy job in this war, and you just... You let a Looker into the Overlook multiple times. And you let her almost kill a former member of the Resistance.
3: And a murderer.
2: And your former best friend.
3: At least he's not still my best friend. What? You're still friends with a murderer. And a war criminal. And someone who helped abuse a little girl. You're still friends with my Uncle Jeff.
2: Listen here, you little shit. I understand you're hurting, but you need to understand we're all hurting. Major Craig isn't perfect. Hell, some days he isn't even good. But he's the one trying to find an end to this mess and figure out why 99% of the people on Earth are suddenly part of a hive mind what that hive mind is, and why it came for us, without everybody killing each other. You though? You need to get over yourself. I don't care how he hurt you before the look. We need him now. So you better fucking straighten up and tell me what I want to know before I send Thee in here after you. I'm capable of being nice. She's not. She never has been, and doesn't have time to learn now. <laughs> So forget what Major Craig did to you. Forget whatever grudges you're holding. This is about the future of humanity now. What the fuck happened? Fine. Fuck it. I'll be back.
1: Hold on just a moment, Nikki. Sir. I think it's time for a little bit of good cop to your bad cop, don't you think?
2: Sir, I was just... I was just gonna... I know.
1: And I appreciate your defense of me. But it's not what Matilda needs right now. I found that, Matilda. I didn't know you kept a diary.
3: Is just all true? You... You read my journal?
1: You think I hate you? Yes. No, Matilda, I don't hate you. I love you. You're my niece. From the first moment I saw you, you... <clears throat> I'm sorry I hurt you.
3: No. You you hate me. You called me crazy when I told you about what my dad did. You you said I was going through what teenage girls went through. You said I had an electric complex. I did
1: not mean. The, that yes, you-, you
3: did. You laughed at me and then you got angry. You didn't want to believe that my dad was abusing me because he was your brother. You thought I was lying to hurt my dad so CPS would come and take me away that it would hurt him even more. You said I abused him.
1: Matilda, listen. No, just... you
3: listen. You were my favorite uncle. Do you know how much it hurt when you called me a liar? I didn't reach out when I left home because I knew you wouldn't believe me. I became best friends with Derek Holroyd because I couldn't imagine living without someone to tell me what was good for me. Someone like my Uncle Jeff. You called me a liar and I had to put myself back together after I shattered into pieces because no one would believe me. And now you want to read my diary and tell me you're sorry? Cannon, sit down.
1: No, Nikki, please. I've got this.
3: This is what love is, right? People tolerate you because the other option is not tolerating you. You still think I'm a liar, but you tolerate me because I have built in looker alarms in my brain. I'm useful to you again. It's useful to know me. You'll tolerate my crazy so long as I can help you destroy the lookers who just want to live in peace with their perfect fucking lives. I won't tolerate this. I won't tolerate you. I don't love you. Either of you. I hate you. I hate you for making me into your watchdog and thinking you could leash me. I hate you for ruining the last thing I had left. My privacy. Fuck. No one was supposed to read that journal but my therapist and me. Not you. Especially not you. And now you know. If this is the world I have to live in, if this is how I have to live, then why don't you just fucking kill me?
1: (laughs) Go back to your room, Matilda. No one's going to kill you. We'll talk to you when you've calmed down.
2: Well, sir, you were right. She's got... How did you put it? More bats than any respectable Belfry should have?
1: It's not her fault. You should read, but... Never mind. Though, while we're on the subject, is there anything I should know about you while we're bearing our souls?
2: I, uh... Well? I hate being called Nicky, sir.
1: What? Oh, for the look Why didn't you say something?
2: I just... Couldn't see a good time to bring it up. I see. Though I guess you should know that Cannon prefers being called Tilly to Matilda.
1: Yeah, her journal
2: said something about that. Sir, I doubt her stability as much as you do. But did you really think going through your niece's journal was going to help the situation? At all?
1: I thought having more information would enable me to, I don't know, understand her more. Help me read her mind.
2: Next time, consider asking. About names. Or about the innermost secrets of someone you care about.
1: I saw how well that went for you in here.
2: Well, I'm not her Uncle Jeff, so...
1: Hey, Nicky... Nicole. Ask thee to have someone keep an eye on Tilly. We don't want anything to happen.
2: Sure. And sir? Yeah. Thanks for making the effort.
3: I am so angry, so fucking angry. Fuck you, Uncle Jeff. You couldn't just let me have anything. Everything has to be scrubbed up for you. You didn't believe me until you read my journal, which is supposed to be for me. I shouldn't have to write. Keep out Tilly's eyes only on my little notebook like a 12 year old. Was it your military training that made you think you could read something not labeled classified? Or did you just want to see what crazy really looks like? Well, now you know. Crazy is holding on to love that will eventually burn you from the inside out. Because that is how you know to find love. Love is tolerating. Love is Camille Preaker slowly dying from Adora Krellin's rat poison. Maybe love is even Derek injecting acid into Kelsey Habjack. I want love, but not like this. I don't want people slowly killing me from inside out because they think it's better for me. That means you, Uncle Jeff.
1: Matilda? Um, I'm going to be out today, but if you want anything, you let me know. I'm uh, leaving some linens by your door and some other stuff. And I'll be making dinner later, maybe uh maybe some pies too. I know you love blueberry. I'm sorry.
3: Go away, go away,
1: go away. I'll um I'll leave you be. Uh, I hope the linens help. Fresh sheets always make me feel better.
3: What do you want now? You've got to be fucking kidding me. 20 December, 1989, Panama City, 0800 hours, 7th Division, moving into Panama City.
1: Oh, any old iron, any old iron, any, any, any old iron. You look neat, talk about a tree, you look so dapper from your napper to your feet. Old dressed in style, brand new town with your father's old green tie on. But I wouldn't give you toughness for your old watch and chain, old iron, old iron. Uncle Jeff? Son of a... brisket. Matilda. Tilly. Sorry. Didn't expect to see you out here?
3: I mean, you... Gave me your journal from your infantry days along with fresh sheets. You must have wanted something.
1: Hmm. Perceptive as always.
3: Didn't know you'd been in Panama.
1: Yep. Panama, then Somalia. I was supposed to go to Bosnia, but um
3: uh, that your tour got cancelled right. and you came home for base life.
1: You remember. Yeah, I do. Well that's uh that's good. That's real good. Um, the pies are in the oven, and I'm trying to make barikas, trying to bake something to take my mind off. You know, kind of what's going on here.
3: Is that one of those Greek dishes you tried to make when I was little?
1: Israeli, actually. The Greeks have something similar, but it's with a different name.
3: Oh. Does it use phyllo dough?
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. I thought it was me arguing with your dad that made a tear up on me last time, but it turns out my hands are just too damn big.
3: Can I help?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, Just keep it buttered up and work it real quickly. Okay?
3: Sure, yeah. (laughs) I didn't know you were injured in Somalia.
1: Hmm? Oh, yeah, it was uh, nothing huge, just in the leg... But it uh, it was friendly fire. Nothing really stops you from trusting your fellow soldiers like friendly fire.
3: <clears throat> so why didn't you
1: drop out? You know, I don't know. Maybe because that's where I was happiest. I like the structure. Life is fragile without structure. Too many variables, I think.
0: Oh.
3: I guess that answers your questions, then. Hmm? You and Nicole wanted to know why I let Danny, the looker, into my house. That's why. Routine? Basically, I mean, I know she was my ex, is my ex, but I wanted someone familiar, someone I thought wanted me back. I guess it's like walking into Friendly Fire because you recognize the uniforms.
1: Hmm. And Derek?
3: I still don't know how he got to my house, but it might have been the same.
1: Got it. Well, I'm glad you told me.
3: Yeah, me too.
1: Uh Here, why don't you roll some of the filling into this uh, piece right here? Sure. Thank you.
3: Why did you read my journal, Uncle Jeff?
1: Oh, well... I guess I just wanted to get a better perspective on you, how to engage with you... You
3: couldn't just ask me?
1: Well, I should have, but I guess I wanted the advantage.
3: <laughs> to seem more caring?
1: Well, I guess, now that you mention it, yeah. Uh, to know what you needed.
3: Next time? Just ask, okay? You don't have to send me your combat journal to make it up to me.
1: Deal. Though, did it help?
3: It did. But things don't have to get to the point where you felt you needed to do that. Just ask.
1: Oh, sure thing, sure thing. Do you want a hug or something?
3: (laughs) Not right now, but... Good practice.
1: At some point, maybe.
3: Sure. Just... I need to figure out how I feel about all of this. My former best friend is a serial killer. My former girlfriend tried to murder him and frame me for it. And my former favorite uncle, who stopped speaking to me, is now trying to get back into my good graces. It's a weird position to be in, you know?
1: I can imagine. So, uh, what do you want to do now?
3: Oh, uh, I think I want to finish making these barricas.
1: No, I mean, after this. In general.
3: Well, um, I think I'd like to go back to my O nine house, if that's okay. And maybe cry a lot. <laughs>
1: Now, that house is specifically set aside for people keeping an eye out for looker incursions. Are you okay with going back to doing that?
3: I mean, I did keep Danny away from the rest of the populace, didn't I?
1: Well, I suppose you did, but...
3: I don't think I have any other recent ex-girlfriends who are lookers, Uncle Jeff. You sure about that?
1: No cute looker ladies waiting in the wings to take Danny's place?
3: No one can take Danny's place. I mean to say, no. No other ex girlfriend lookers that I know of waiting in the wings. Sorry.
1: She meant a lot to you.
3: Yeah. Yeah, she did. We broke up because I was too much for her. Too many jagged edges. Mm. She said that, you know. The looker, Danny, I mean. She said I wasn't malicious.
1: That's mighty nice of a looker.
3: Yeah, it was. Uncle Jeff, Hmm. do you ever wish you'd been made into a looker? I know we can't, and I guess I sound kind of like an alpha, but... Like, perfect emotional communication seems like such a great gift.
1: Well, no. I never thought about it that way. I guess I just... I like having my own head where it is. You know what I mean? Psychic internet is all well and good, but I... I like being me, and I don't want people poking around in my head and looking at what's in there. I think President Noon might physically come after me if he saw what was in my noggin. <laughs> Besides, it ain't fair to the Overlook to not get a say in the matter, you know, if a looker decides to show up.
3: Well, then maybe you can understand how I felt, having no choice about whether you saw my thoughts in my journal. But what you say makes sense. I guess. I empathize with both you and the Lookers and it's hard to think of myself as being in a war against people who want the best for themselves and others in the same way we do. But I can keep an eye out for them if that's what you need.
1: Well, I'm not expecting you to take up arms against them. Just let your overlook know, you know, what's going on. I can do that. If you don't mind, though, before you go, I'd love to introduce you to someone. Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, Jordan Channing. You might have heard of him. He does liaison work. Uh, Yeah, Jordan Channing. You might have heard of him. Yeah, he does liaison work. Now, you couldn't work too closely with him because he talks to the lookers a lot and you'd be asleep half the day. But, you know, he's a good egg. And I think he might be able to help you with your conflicted feelings. I'd like that. Sir!
3: Hey, Tilly. Hey, Nicole.
1: What's up, Nicole? You look like you've seen a ghost.
2: Derek's awake. He's talking. What? what? He just threw Lizzie under the bus. Said she smuggled him into the overlook and knew what he was up to before.
3: You've got to be fucking
2: kidding me.
1: The council got that out of him.
2: No, he woke up and just started blabbing. Apparently some of the council are looking pretty red in the face about what he might say next.
1: Jesus fucking Christ, Derek. Derek. Nicole, get Jordan on the phone. Tell him it's all coming out, just like he said it would. Tilly, I'll see you soon. I gotta get back there before someone smothers Derek with a pillow. The shit has solidly hit the fan.
0: You've been listening to Immunities, Episode 5.3, High Risk, written by Jacqueline Brick, with direction and additional dialogue by Bob J. Kester. It featured, in order of appearance... Vincent Truman as Major Jefferson Craig, Song Marshall as Tilly, Courtney Abbott as Nicole, John Dre as Eisenhart, and Teresa Echaveste as Danny. Lisa Cohen assisted in development and production. Music Supervision is by Bob J. Kester. What music did you supervise, Bob?
1: This episode had our title theme, Moving On by Our Sonore. I'm listening to Hold My Hand by Our Sonore right now and we had a reprise of Thunderstorm ambiance by Chris Crawford, 18. Back to you.
0: Special effects are from the freesound.org collection. Other development assistance was provided by Evanston's Firehouse Grill, Backstage, Perform Inc., and Dueling Genre Productions, makers of many fine pop culture and audio drama podcasts. Immunities continues into Season 6, thanks to our Kickstarter backers. The Immunities series image is Conformity by Fran Fran, That's all one word, F-R-A-U-N, F-R-A-U-N. You can find more of her work on Instagram. The episode image is Urban Bean Coffeehouse Cafe by Natalie Granger. You can find more of her work at unsplash.com. For more information, including a glossary of terms and a list of the sound effects used, check out our website at immunitiesdrama.com. While you're there, you could order a t-shirt or send us a small donation using PayPal. It really helps. Immunities is copyright 2017 by Bob J. Kester, all rights reserved. This is Jacqueline Brick. It was great bringing you in this season, and I'm now turning you over to Bob.
1: Thanks for the introduction. Now that Jax has caught up our storylines with each other, the stage is set for an eventful season 6, which will be coming in... a while. Not as quickly as season 5, but hopefully quicker than season 4. In the meantime, I want to thank our new PayPal backers, Halsey Lin, Joseph Puskars, and Diego Zenhauser for their much appreciated support, and hope that all of you and yours are safe and healthy. Dueling genre.